Wait, is this how we do it? I think we answered that question tonight. Montel Jordan will be in the house. Saw him warming up earlier. It's great talking to him. Is that in the summertime, Chris, or maybe in the spring when we talked to him uh, with DC? Can't remember how far back that was, but we did talk to him earlier. It was great to catch up with him. I think so. I think so. Because DC was gone in the summer. Well, he was gone really. Mm, Yeah, I guess has it been that long? It has been that long. Where does time go? Um, so it's been a while. It's certainly been a while. And uh, Montel Jordan, amongst many, will be here tonight for the home opening night for the Sacramento Kings. Some other things to uh, get caught up on before we get too much further into that. Like we said, uh, Dave Deuce Mason will join us at the bottom of the hour. The G-Man at uh, 5 o'clock before we get to game night. Uh, tonight, or today, right now, you can go to cagedk.com. Go to our daily over-under. It's right on the right side. Just... Uh, participate, hitting yes or no, or basically over or under on today's question. We're looking at three-pointers by the Sacramento Kings, a team that's going to shoot a lot of threes. I think this number is a little bit low that was set today, but our daily over-under has made three-pointers for the Kings today at 13-and-a-half. Kings at 17 the other day, but select over, select under for your chance to uh, to qualify. All you have to do is participate, and you qualify immediately for a chance at a $50 gift card for Twin Peaks. So it's our KHDK Daily over under. Uh, all right. Uh, also today, just to kind of reset some of the top stories of the day. I have not seen anything further on this, and I don't know if you had either, Chris, but we were talking about the potential story and lawsuit that's going on potentially with Robert Sarver and the Phoenix Suns. But um, there's going to be details coming out on a pretty well-chronicled uh, document, I guess, that suggests that this reporter has information on Robert Sarver that would be enough to incriminate him and maybe even remove him from his position. The Suns since have countered saying there's nothing of they have their own stuff that would not incriminate him. So it's a little bit of a he said, he said, or he said, she said type of thing at this point. Chris, have you seen anything else uh, since we brought this up to start the show? Uh, been seeing a lot of jokes about uh, Suns, <laughs> well, of course, I haven't seen anything new. Yeah, so... Um, that's something to follow, to watch. Um, it was Chris Mannix earlier. It's not his story per se, but he got something from Phoenix on their release saying, the Suns in response for what is a pending ESPN story deny its contents, quote, documentary evidence in our possession and eyewitness accounts directly contradict the reporter's accusations. Now, some of these accusations are going into misconduct, specifically racial or gender discrimination, and they say, reportedly, that they have proof of that. So, we will follow that. We will see where that story goes. Um, also from the NFL, Jimmy G will start this week for the San Francisco 49ers. That has been confirmed. We've also learned that Trey Lance is out. He will not be available for the 49ers when they take on uh, the Colts on Sunday. Dodgers stayed alive with a must win. Obviously, they had to win, otherwise their season was over. The Bats woke up. Chris Taylor with three home runs yesterday in the Braves. Uh, still alive, coming home, up three games to two. Red Sox are in that spot where they're trying to stay alive tonight in Houston with the Astros trying to advance, leading three games to two. Um, the other thing that we've done here on on uh, the show, we've always had the uh, linear championship that we've been following. Chris, we already have a development because the Bucks were champions last year. They had that home opening night where they took on the Nets. They got the rings, those beautiful rings. 
and uh, they took care of the Nets. So b- life was good. That's until last night. Uh, they got worked by the Miami Heat. So the Heat possessed this now, correct? 137.95. You, you know what that means. What's that mean? Ladies and gentlemen, the winner of this contest and new. Welcome to Miami. It's in their hands. They've got it. So they've got possession of it. Now everyone else is trying to go get it. What's the next opportunity? The Heat will take on the Pacers. Tomorrow night. Tomorrow night. Um, They're in the East for a while here. So we'll we'll watch this. But I'm already a little surprised that it's changed hands that fast from the Bucs. What's funny is I remember last season, I want to say like the first five defenses, like boom, 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 like changed hands immediately. And I remember, I'm, you know, since we've done this, we've done this, what, a couple of years, and some years we've been on it. We're going to try to be on it all the way from the top here. Uh, and, again, it's, it's fun. We've had fun with it, and I, be, I love the people that get it. Um, I feel like we know the Kings have done it before, and they've won it, but they've never had – when they've won it, Chris said they had it for more than one day or one game. Uh, I feel like every time they've gotten I it, or they've played say... for it many times and then lost, but then I think when they won it, I thought they – had it for one game. Well, when they won it, they won it on February 2nd, 2019 against the 76ers. That's why you got the tattoo? That's why you got the tattoo. Yeah. But I believe they lost it immediately. Yeah, And that's the only time I could remember them winning it. Yeah, and I think there's, you know, since we started tracking that and having fun with it, I think they played for it several times, but uh, that was the time they broke through. And uh, we were pretty excited for that. You were here for that game, weren't you? I was. Yes. We took that uh, famous picture afterwards. That's right. It was a rare uh, chance for you to get out here. You were here. You you brought them good luck. I did. Yeah. Maybe that's why they haven't made the playoffs. I haven't been going <laughs> any games. I've been here the whole time. Yes. Back at the studio doing uh, the real work. So uh, we'll see how that goes. We will monitor that. But, yes, the Miami Heat have it uh, for the time being. Last night in the NBA, by the way, um, three games took place. We mentioned the Heat just demolishing the Bucks. I, I am intrigued by Miami. I do like their team. I like their roster makeup. I just like their culture. I like the way they approach things, and they're kind of a – they go after it. They're going to be a team you always have to pay attention to. They may not have the most talent, but they work awfully hard, and they just blew out Milwaukee, 137-95, and without Drew Holiday, still DiVincenzo. It's, it's going to be a little bit of a work-through process there for the defending champs. Uh, you had the Hawks go to da- – or host Dallas, and – you know, every time they play, it gets a lot of attention because the league is very, very good at this, but they also uh, really force the young players' agenda down the for, down the rest of us. Um, Luca's tremendous. Trey Young is tremendous. But, you know, I saw the tweets like, back at it again, another try, another opportunity. Well, they were both good. Uh, Luca went for 18, 11, and 7, um, but they got blown out. And uh, Trey Young, slow start, but ended with 19 points, 14 assists. Hawks won 113-87. I have seen some pick Atlanta to come out of the East. I like their depth. I like their balance. Certainly they went through the experience last year that should help them. I still have a few other teams myself ahead of Atlanta, but they they got right at the right time last year. If you remember what the Hawks were going through, everybody loved them as the darling before the year, and they got off to a terrible start. They were below 500 more than halfway through the season. Then they got hot. I did not think they would beat the Knicks. But they did. Um, certainly didn't think they'd beat Philly. I'm like, that'll, that'll be a quick work. Well, they beat Philly and then had chances to beat Milwaukee and make it to the finals. So it was a great year last year for Atlanta. 
Some teams do that. Some teams rise up, kind of break through and get there, but it's a one-year, not aberration, but I could see Atlanta more like Portland, where Portland made the Western Conference Finals a handful of years ago, and it didn't start anything. It didn't, you know, they weren't recurring team in the Western Conference Final. They've just been a team that's made the playoffs eight years, and they're good, and nobody has ever felt they could win the championship. That year was their best chance. Maybe last year was Atlanta's best chance. I could see them being like that, consistently good. Um, at a playoff team in the East, but I do see other teams better than Atlanta at this point. But great win for them to start, so they get off to a 1-0 start, and then the nightcap last night was just entertaining basketball with the Clippers and the Warriors, and it gives you a little preview of what's coming up here Sunday night with the Warriors making their first appearance in this building. Warriors, uh, a 2-0 start, beating the Lakers, beating the Clippers. They got their home opener last night, and Steph, like we said, was cooking. Man, Steph was amazing last night. Uh, 16 of 25, hit 8 of 13 threes. He was so crazy hot early. Still finished with 45 points and 10 rebounds. And what I appreciate about this league so much, as much as I just said the league is, you know, the league wants Zion. The league wants Luka to win the MVP. I want people to appreciate them and De'Aaron and Tatum and all these really good young veteran player like they're still they've been in the league now we know who these guys are but everybody wants to hand the league over to these guys you know who's still great lebron and steph and kd and you know Giannis is still young but he's played a lot of basketball uh we don't we don't have to push those other guys aside we don't let's enjoy him Kawhi, paul george um people that have been doing this for a long time that are still good and you know let it happen let the other guys develop and, and, and ultimately overtake those other guys. But it's it's such a good balance on a night-to-night basis. You don't know which kind of team you're going to see. Like this Jazz team that's here tonight against the Kings is experienced. They've played together. They're keeping their team together. Whereas a Laker team still has the two stars in AD and LeBron, yet they've changed the whole roster, the whole rest of the roster. It's likely for the better. But it's going to take them some time. But I, I just find it amusing that a, a lot of times the league is just so quick to move on to the next piece, the next star. And they currently have a lot of good players around this league all over the all over the NBA. And appreciate the greatness. LeBron won't be here forever. Steph won't be here forever. Um, and to watch what they've done as individuals to change the game, Steph's shooting is just a marvel to watch. Love the fact that he'll be here Sunday in one of his two visits here to this building this year, the four matchups. And to me, that is the charm of the league. You don't know when those guys are going to come in and and how healthy they're going to be, but what kind of night could they have? And um, we have told this story many times, and maybe we'll even reflect on it again tonight when G-Man joins us. But one of the greatest things in all the years I've done this that I've ever seen in person was Clay Thompson's night against the Kings. That was at the expense of Sacramento, but a 37-point quarter, I don't think we'll ever see again. I have never seen before. It, it was historic, and it was truly one of the greatest things I have ever witnessed. And as someone that wants the Kings to win, I got caught up in it. It was just so great to take in and truly unbelievable. And that's how great this league is. Something like that can happen on any night, on any night. So tonight it's the Kings and 
the Utah Jazz. We'll get into this a little bit more. Yesterday had a chance to talk to the head coach of the Kings, Luke Walton. We'll get some of his perspective on tonight's matchup, some things to watch and to listen for as Capital Casino is back with indoor gaming and dining located inside at 411 North 16th Street in downtown Sacramento. More on this Kings-Jazz game when we come back right here on Sports 1140 KHDK. All right, back here on Sports 1140 KHK, coming to you from Golden One Center. Tonight it's the Kings and the Jazz in the home opener for the Kings. The Jazz won their first game with ease, uh, totally dominating the Oklahoma City Thunder. Kings wasn't as easy, though at times it was looking really good for Sacramento as they built a, a really nice lead, 18-point second-half lead, had to hang on to win. Dame Lillard, man, I think everybody watching that game thought his last look after going 0 for 8, he was gonna, that was the one he's going to hit. He did not, and uh, the Kings end up starting out 1-0, trying to go 2-0 for the second consecutive year. We're going to have Deuce join us at the bottom of the hour, the G-Man at the top of the hour. Uh, Yesterday, uh, hopefully you had a chance to hear my conversation with the head coach of the Kings, Luke Walton. He'll appear each and every week. And Coach talked about a a couple of different things uh, I thought that were of note and interesting that uh, would be important to talk about today because of a different style, different kind of team. Uh, the Blazers, who were much like the Kings, so bad defensively. Their point of emphasis now under new coach Chauncey Billups is they have to get better defensively in rotations. Uh, their guards asking them to defend much better. Um, but the Kings kind of did what they wanted, I thought, offensively against Portland. So Portland still has to work on things. Utah is more of an established team, plays things a little bit differently. So when I asked Coach yesterday about the matchup, here's what he said about the Jazz. Yeah, great test for us. And, and, you know, I'd say even right now, this early in the season, because of that continuity and that health, um, I'd probably say them and Milwaukee are probably the two best teams in the league right now. Um, and, and it's it's going to be a great challenge for our guys. It's our home opener. We'll get our fans back. Um, so it should be a lot of fun for us. But we have to be ready. I mean, these guys are a machine in how they play, uh, and they've been doing it for years together now. So, uh, we got to be ready uh, to, to really play at a high level, and the game will change from a, a Portland defense that was blitzing uh, all pick and rolls and rotations to a defense that's in a deep drop where everything is is funneled to Gobert, and uh, that changes the offensive philosophy as far as the type of plays we run. But our general philosophy of getting out fast and attacking before their defense can get set will uh, really get tested tomorrow because that's where we'll, we will have an advantage if we can if we can put our uh, you know our will on the game. Well, and that's what we what remains to be seen. I mean, can they? Can uh, Utah's very very good at dictating the terms of the game. They want it to be played in their style. That doesn't mean this just slow it up. But can they? control the fast breaks like i mentioned earlier they're going to foul if the kings get out and run outs um they want it to be a, a, a thing as coach said funneling everybody to the middle to go bear now sometimes you you don't want to go away from that because if that's what they want you to do but you got to find the balance where is that where is the mix of attacking them but not being too stubborn and realizing hey that's also their strength but can you take chances at their strength and still poke at the edges there and find some advantages for you. So I followed up with Coach on that and kind of the um, challenges that they have, that dynamic of going against Gobert. 
Yeah, you, you just, you, we're trying to create good shots every time down. And if you're going to go in there and attack, you've got to go in there uh, physically and, and, and really try to um, get into his chest and, and finish at the rim or shoot one of those floaters uh, before you get to him. But, uh, you know, a big part of our, our strength is, is pick and roll with the amount of guards we have. Um, tomorrow night's game, if he's going to be in a dr- big drop, we have to look to – uh, get get off ball screening going and in uh, wide wide screens for our shooters where if we can you know set them up and, and get solid screens we should get clean looks uh, because the deep drop won't allow a, you know the center to be up contesting those so uh, that part of the strategy changes a little bit uh, but we still want to be in attack mode. So that deep drop he's talking about, it's, it shooting's going to be important. And can the Kings capitalize on some mid-range, some three-pointers? They shot the ball very well beyond the arc in the game against Portland. I mean, 17 of 41, if you shoot 42% on a nightly basis, you're going you're gonna to win a ton of games. I and mean, that's a great number. Conversely, Portland shot 34%, uh, 12 of 35. Now, you are also getting against a team that is really good at three-point shooting. The Jazz, in fact, last year set an NBA record of hitting 16.73s a game. And we mentioned the game here uh, last year when they put up 154 points on the Kings. It was just a three-point party for Utah. So it's finding the balance of getting in a three-point shootout, but the other part is how effective can the Kings be in getting stops, which the other night in the first half when they got stops, they were out and running, and it got a lot of easy baskets. The Jazz did not get a fast-break point against OKC in a win. Kings got high-level number of points against the Portland Trailblazers on fast break. In uh, fast break opportunities in that first game, it was 18-3. to So, again, you got contrasting styles to a degree, um, a team that's just done it longer and been better at it longer than the Sacramento Kings. So um, I like the matchup. I like the setup. And I like the test, the barometer, right? And, and here's what we were mentioning earlier for the Kings. Utah is better or has been better, proven to be better in the past, it's a new season. You don't know how the whole totality of the year would go, but look, I picked the Utah Jazz to come out of the West. I think we're looking at a team that is that good, can win the West and, and be in the NBA championship. They've gone through the battles. They've got a lot of the core pieces back, so they've, they've done all this. The Kings have kind of done that as well, just haven't won as much. It's a huge difference, but that's why I like the team. I like the makeup. I like the, the setup of the players being very, very familiar with one another and just going at it with another try and another uh, point of emphasis, another design. I mean, that whole season, off season of bonding together, it felt like everybody universally knew the importance of this season. And I know that sounds a little trivial because everybody should know, hey, every season's important. But I think, one, you start looking at the leadership of the team. Harrison Barnes has been on a championship team and now has been here long enough and said, look, we can do this. We've got to start acting that way. De'Aaron Fox has never been to the playoffs. He's a great player. He really is. Uh, Tyrese Halliburton's a great leader. Davion Mitchell has changed kind of the dynamic defensively just with his infectious approach and uh, no nonsense. I'm going to guard the ball and guard the person as best as I can. Now you try to do the same. And I think it's been contagious. So with the emphasis on defense, the improved talent around defensively, even you know better rebounder and Tristan Thompson and Alex Len, let's say, and having all the players around together, That's how they're doing it. That's how they're trying to build this. And it's now going to be incumbent on the lessons that are learned during the season. 
right? If you think back to the success they've had here lately, they have won their last 10 games for whatever that's worth, summer league, preseason, uh, regular season. That's kind of irrelevant now, but I think the point is that's what they've been trying to build, a culture that wins, a culture that knows how to win, and even a game like the other night against Portland. It got shaky. It got wobbly. It, You know, you were watching or listening, probably thinking, oh, here we go again. And it was going down that road, but they won. And I think that's important. And that would have been an awful loss. It would have been a bad lesson, a little easier to learn those lessons when you're on the right side of the game and the Kings were that night. So tougher today, though you're at home, you'd love to get ahead of this team and get this crowd behind you and see what you can produce. So you get some players from the Jazz going through some warm-ups now. We got uh, Kings down there. I just see my guy, Doug Christie. This is fun. It's going to be a fun, fun night. We will come back. More to get to. We'll talk more about that with Dave Deuce Mason. Deuce is going to join us when we return right here on Sports 1140 KHDK. Oh, this song is not only screaming 80s. It is screaming Fire Falcon. Harrison Barnes was on fire the other night. Welcome back here. Sports 1140 KHDK. Jason Ross here with you at Golden One Center. It is King's opening night, and we welcome in, as we're getting you ready for opening night, we got to bring in Deuce. Deuce, are you Fire Falcon? Your thoughts on that song? What is that? Where is it from? Chris found it. It's like a gem. He put all these highlights around it. No, but um, what's it from, though? Chris, what's the backstory? <laughs> it's, it's a comedian? It's, no, 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 no. It's okay. Mickey Tyler. He's okay. a well-known musician. Well known. Well known. I don't know him. He's got a greatest hits that just came out last How year. How good is he if I don't know him, Chris? Do you know him now? Yeah. yeah it's a banger. Kind of like that. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. Wasn't there more to the story, though, Chris? Uh, we'll talk about it later. Oh, okay. Wow. Okay. okay bury the lead tease. there. We're All just right. going to leave that there. Uh, Deuce, opening night back I here. Uh, I told the story earlier about you and I talking off air earlier today that uh, you know we've been here for all these games, and in when they weren't having fans, when we were you know, different locations, all sorts. Everybody's going to be back tonight. I guess we've kind of taken that for granted. Yeah, I totally did. I was thinking about today. I'm like, oh, opening night's always fun. It's yes. always exciting in general. But I was like, yeah, another opening night. But then thinking back, the last time there were fans for opening night, October 2019. Man. Kings got their butts kicked by the sun that <laughs> night, I believe. But, yeah, I'm excited to see what this team does tonight. Because there's going to be an extra energy. Sure. It's still a weird time, right, with the pandemic and there are different restrictions, fans still wearing masks and, you know, they have to bring their vaccination card or, you know, be tested. But I, there's just that extra energy. And for players like Tyrese Halliburton, he hasn't played for these fans. Right. I mean, a little bit at the end of last yeah, year, it was a couple same. thousand. But it's going to be close to a full house tonight, and I, I think it's going to be a great atmosphere. Yeah, we were actually playing highlights. of the. I mean, they played the Jazz so poorly last year. The last game here in the regular season was against the Jazz. But, dudes, let's remember on that game, it's game 72. Kings are out. Jazz are one seed. Halliburton's out. Fox is out. Barnes is out. Bagley's out. It's, I mean, no offense to the other guys. It's Lewis King. Yeah, you know, it, it wasn't yeah. the, the Kings team we're going to see tonight. No, and this is a Jazz team that put 154 points on the Sacramento <sighs> Kings. You know, I think they played them three times mm-hmm. in uh, just a few weeks that yeah. Last year. Yeah. The best one so, was there in Utah. They were yeah. hanging with them. Then it got out of hand. But that 154 game and then the last game was terrible. Too. I mean, it's a really good team. It's a good test for them, too, especially for a Kings team that I felt like in that first half against Portland played some really good defense. Like you saw flashes. And I'm not trying to act like this is going to be some good defensive team, but they were a joke last year. 
I mean, they were 30th. It seemed like every night it was like, oh, well, the Kings are going to allow like 120. And in that first half, you saw the flashes. They were rotating well. The intensity was there. Davion Mitchell was doing some nice things, whether it was defending Dame at times on CJ, Simons. I loved what I saw. So I, I hope it kind of carries over. The second half against Portland wasn't great. It nope. seemed like they reverted into some bad habits. And that's going to be, like, if this team's going to make a legit playoff run, they're going to have to clean it up. You just have to be more consistent on that end. I'm sure you and Mo have talked about it on your podcast yeah. and night chat and different things. I know when Doug was here uh, with me at the end of last year, I said, you know, can they just get better? Can they be 20th? And I think I've just gone with better. Like, that's yeah, been a yes. generic phrasing. For them to come out with a number, I actually kind of like it. I don't know that they can get to top 15, but that's pretty bold of them to be last to 15th. It would it would mean this would be a playoff team. For sure. Because I think offensively, I, I don't... We don't really focus too much on offense when we talk about this team, which in a way I feel like we should give them a little more love because they're a really solid offensive team. I mean, they did some nice things in that Portland game, and they're able to score with like the best teams in the NBA. It's can they figure out defensively? And I thought, and especially in that first half against Portland, I loved it. They were getting some stops. They were forcing some turnovers. And when this team's able to force some turnovers and get it out and run – Look out. Yeah. And that's the other thing. We focus so much on pace, you know, the last couple of years when Walton was here. And it's like, we, we can't be talking about pace if you can't get stops because your, right. your pace is not going to be the same if you can't get stops and you're taking the ball out every time out. So that that's going to be the big challenge tonight, especially against this Utah team that obviously, yeah, you talk about Donovan Mitchell, but they've got shooters, right? They've got guys like Clarkson coming off the bench. You know, Bogdanovich comes in. He can drop 30 on you. So it's going to be a tough challenge for them tonight. It's a league that's filled with stars, yeah. but and and Mitchell's a star. Gobert's a really good player. He's been an All Star. They're a team. It's a really good yeah. fit the way they're put together. I, I just love how they move the ball too. Mm-hmm. It's it's really fun to watch, and it's really a Utah team that I think everyone expects to be good in the regular season. It's like, yeah. what are you going to do? Come playoff? They're time? at the next level now. They're a yeah. team that they might be the one seed again. They might be a seven. They're going to be in. I mean, barring something weird, they're about. April now in May because yep. they've been good. They've done all the things. They've checked all the boxes. They haven't had that next big series that gets them to a conference final or a final. And that's why tonight uh, I just want to see Sacramento. We're talking in the fourth quarter, make it a game. Yeah. Because there are fans back in the building. I think there's, you know, the casual fans are into this team. Right. That's the reality. Well, you, it's 15 years of losing. 15 years of losing. And what better way to try, try to get people more engaged by playing some good defense. Yeah. You know, you go on the road, you win in Portland, a place you've only won 13 times Man. since the Kings have been here in, you know, 37 years. It would be great to get this win tonight, but be competitive. Get, mm-hmm. Put on the show. The other thing, too, you know, when we look at Utah, I think it's another good example of uh, what happens when you win. I, I think if, if let's just flip the, the records, Deuce. Um, is Mitchell an all-star on a losing team? Is Gobert an all-star on a losing team? Conley wasn't. And now you had those three guys all made the all-star team. They were the one seed. So Fox has played like one. Uh, it's There's great guards in the West. If the Kings won a lot of games, oh, he's on the all-star team. There's no doubt. And I know he hasn't been one yet, but Mike Conley, it took him a long time to get in. Mm-hmm. Most people around the league viewed him as an all-star yeah. level player before right. he even made it. He's a really good player in this league. So I was happy he was able to do it. But with Fox, I already look at him as, oh, he's an all-star yeah. level guard. It's now, can you beat up? Can you beat out some of the mainstays? And can your team actually win? Because you're right. If, if we're here nearing the 
all-star break and this Kings team is at like 500 or above 500 and he's, you know, scoring 25 and I, I don't see how he doesn't get in. And that, that, I think that was one of my big takeaways from that Portland game. And I know we were watching him in person for the preseason, but just seeing him next to Dame, I'm like, he legitimately looks way bigger. Yeah. I mean, you, you look at Fox, what he was year one, this skinny kid who was super fast and now he's filling out and that happens, you know, five years in, He's really come into his own in terms of his body, and now you're seeing that he could still be just as explosive. The key for me with him is, can he just become a little better of a free throw shooter? Yep. Can we get him near that like 80% mark? Can he get to like 75%? And then from the three-point perspective, I didn't love that he took nine. Last game, he was two of nine. They weren't necessarily bad looks, but I would like him to be a 35% three-point shooter. Yeah, the team collectively shot well, thanks to Harrison yeah. Barnes. Uh TD, Terrence Davis didn't shoot well, but I did feel like they had a lot of open looks, and I know a guy we talked about after the game, you thought Buddy Heald had one of the best games you've seen him play. Yeah, and I know he's had other games where he's caught fire and made shots, but he he does that. He's streaky. He's going to come in, and he can drop 35 on you when he gets hot or something, but I felt like Buddy's all-around game was fantastic. I I don't think, and he's been kind of an easy target, especially last year, because he was liking stuff on social media about him going to Philly. And, you know, he was very vocal about wanting to be a starter and all that stuff. But he's really developed as a passer and a playmaker, has a nice chemistry with Rashawn Holmes, too, setting him up in the pick and roll. But I felt like in that game against Portland, he made the right place. He wasn't just coming down and jacking up threes. That one play he had where they waved off the end, one opportunity, Buddy Heald passed up a transition three to drive to the basket. We didn't. We don't see that very often. He did that a couple of times, and he was making the extra pass. I felt like defensively, although he's never going to be a lockdown defensive player, he plays his ass off, and he's going to... He's going to play hard all the time. You just want him to make the right decisions. I felt like he did all that. He rebounded well. He set up his teammates, and he shot well. And how often have we gotten caught up in the who starts, who finishes? Yep. But he played third most minutes in the game. And he was in that closing lineup. I know Walton did some you know yeah. things at the end of the game. It's a good role for him, out. though. Bench? Great. And just be a star in your role. There's right. nothing wrong with that. I mean, it, again, I don't want to get ahead of ourselves because we're one game into the season, but... Who's to say if the Kings weren't good and he was thriving off the bench, he would be a six-man-of-the-year candidate right. based on how explosive he can be as a scorer. Well, back to who they're playing tonight, Ingles and uh, Clarkson. Yep. They were 1-2 basically in the votes last year. They won a one seed. They had the six-man-of-the-year. You win, you get looked at. I mean, that's yep. just what happens. Tonight, buddy, barring a miracle, I guess it happened once last year where he didn't hit a three, he's going to get a chance to break wow. the record in front of the home fans. That's cool. It is cool. And I remember last year toward the end of the season, it looked like, you know, oh, is he going to break it? And I was like, he was getting thirsty. Please don't break it because now you're just, well, that last year. Okay. He gave me that look like, what do you mean don't break it? Deuce is anti-buddy. I want him to break it and it'd be fun for him to, he'll break it tonight. Knock on wood against the Utah Jazz and get a good ovation. That'd be a cool moment. But like last year, there weren't fans here and he was getting so thirsty. It was the end of the season. The games were like, whatever. And he's, you know, jacking up 13 threes a game. No, just let it happen tonight. Hell, let it be in the first quarter. Let him give him a standing ovation. And it's pretty cool. I mean, obviously, Peja played in a different era. Yep. And if Peja played in today's era, I can't imagine what that number would be. But it doesn't change the fact that Buddy is one of the best shooters that we have seen in a long time. Yep. Yep, he is. And he's doing it here. And he's uh, hopefully starring in that role like we've talked about. So, um, 
Do we have a? Uh, yeah, we do. That's a Bill Walton signing down there. What? Isn't he down there, right down below us? I think he's a part of game day tomorrow um, at you know ESPN game day Saturday. I think it's wow. at the Rose Bowl in UCLA. That's so Bill Walton in the house. What? Do you hear Kendrick Perkins? Kendrick Perkins says Dwight Howard should have been on. Take Bill Walton out of the top seventy-five player list. Yeah. No, I mean, I didn't hear that, but I've heard. What do you think about that list, by the way? Here's the people I think that have been most talked about snubs Howard, Vince Carter. Um, then you go to kind of more contempt, even more contemporary Pau Gasol, uh, Clay, Kyrie, Manu Ginobili. <sighs> it, it, it's and, just such a different time, Jason, because I remember the 50th anniversary as a kid, and yeah. we're all wearing the cool jackets, and it was like a big deal. I do not remember outrage about certain guys missing it. And maybe it's because I was a kid and I yeah. remember it, but now it's like everyone's pissed off about this. Well, if I rem- and this is the one I think I remember. I could be wrong, and, and someone let me know if I am. I felt like, Deuce, at that time people were talking about Dominique Wilkins. And okay. then what's interesting, he got added. He hasn't played another game. Mm. That's an interesting one. I feel like they just kept the 50 and added 25. Um, that's so weird because, okay, look, honestly, Shaq is better than George Mikan. Right? I mean, George Mikan starred in his yes. time, but you put George Mikan uh, against Olajuwon, how's that going? Right. I would say this. I The whole, how they put this list out was weird to me. Yeah, the three the days. Fi- the 50 players that were in it last time are still there. Right. It's the same 50. They just had 25. Right. So just had 25. You should have just said that from the start. Yeah, they or 26. The, yeah, 26, 26 in that weird yeah. tie or right. whatever it was. I mean... I, I don't know. I, I even the Dwight one. I know that's like the sexy thing. It's like, oh, Dwight, should, this is such a joke. I'm like, yeah, he had a nice run. He's also, I, you talk about an awesome run and then just falling off a cliff. <laughs> yeah. I mean, right. He hasn't been relevant in terms of being at that level in how many years now? I mean, he last made an All Star team the 2013-14 season. Wow. So he's been in the league, and that's yeah. great. And I'm not trying to and take away from stats. what he accomplished in terms of being defensive player of the year a couple of times, All-NBA, All-Star. And, yeah, at, at the start of his career, people were talking about him like one of the best players in the league. And then, you know, he, he hasn't been the same. So I don't know. I just it, – it's crazy to me. This whole thing was supposed to be celebrating the right. players who made it, yet the day after we're talking about, you know, Dwight Howard and – Vince Carter and Tracy McGrady. Look, these guys are pro- they're all going in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. It's the 75th anniversary. I don't know why we're focused on that. It's a list. It's debatable, right? And people will get upset and bothered. No Kings, right? I don't think any no, Oscar, no. but and nobody that played in Sacramento. I know some people were asking, you know, could Chris Weber or Mitch make it? You know, I sure they're I on the fringe. Th- yeah, fringe guys for sure. Yeah. But hey, they're on they're in the Basketball Hall of Fame. Yeah. It's still an amazing honor. So yeah, and then I think it, it goes down to, like, we do for any debate. If we're doing quarterbacks, baseball players, a lot of these guys, do all got a championship. And, like, I, what I heard someone debating today was Dwight Howard versus Dennis Rodman. And they said yeah. Rodman got a championship, really, with Jordan. But, okay, now you're minimalizing Rodman. Yeah. Um, but is that the difference? Rodman's one of the great rebounders, a defensive player. I go, well, that's exactly what Dwight Howard is. Dwight doesn't have a championship. And I go, here we go again. It just kind of ends up in that vicious cycle of, do you have a championship, an MVP, something like that? Then it's almost a guarantee that you're in. Man, it, it, it just gets so tough. Yeah. And maybe they should have done it by era. I don't know in the future. Like, hey, we got our players of the 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, and so forth. Because you're right. It takes away from, like, what certain guys. Like, Dwight accomplished some amazing things in mm-hmm. his career. Yeah. Um, and then even looking at Rodman's stats, I mean, guy averaged 18.7 rebounds a game. One year. Yeah. Like, what? It's remarkable. But, <laughs> yes. 
Um, but that falling off a cliff thing, I don't anticipate anybody that, like, I'm trying to think of the, I don't know the right way to put this, the players that have played the least amount that have made it, I think that's still, like, hardened mm-hmm. uh, Dame. Like, if they, but I just can't envision that cliff happening. Now. I mean, feels like, I mean, Harden's got an MVP, scoring titles, Dame is legendary to me. But if any of those guys fell off, like, at 100, you go, yeah, they put Dame on there? Or, yeah, but yeah, I just yeah. can't imagine that happening. Right. And then Clay was pretty upset by. It. I mean, very for him on Instagram. Yeah, he was upset big time. He yeah, was upset about that. And I feel like he's fringe. Like if they were there, yeah. I'm not upset. I'm yeah. Good for Clay. Kyrie. I saw a lot of people saying he should be, and I guess I'm just down on him in general, just his quirkiness and his quirky ways. I don't think anyone questions his talent. Nope. I, I, I don't know. Again, it, it, you start debating these things. It's so weird. I mean, Kyrie is one, when you watch him, he's, to me, must watch. But there's so many times he's not available. He's not there. Yeah. It's tough to even, it's tough to say that. A couple other things uh, about tonight in the home opener. Um, something else you and I, you, you mentioned earlier about this being, you know, the first opportunity at home for, you know, Terrence Davis. Uh, Mo Harkless hasn't really played here in front of fans. But Davion. Davion, and we've been enamored by what we've seen so far. And I know there's going to be moments here, Deuce, where whether it's tonight or against Steph or whoever along the season, where he where he wins a battle, where it's an effort battle, and this place will go nuts for him. Well, welcome to the NBA. First game, you get to get matched up <laughs> against Damon CJ tonight. You'll probably see him on Donovan Mitchell, and mm-hmm. then Sunday, Steph Curry comes to town. A guy, Steph Curry, who dropped 25, <sighs> nine for nine shooting in the first quarter last night, and incredible 45. Um, yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be fun to see, and I, I have no doubt that he can make things tough on Donovan Mitchell too. I mean, you saw him against Dame, and look, Dame had an off night, and he uh-huh. those things happen. I know. I feel yeah. like I can't say that anymore. <laughs> um, he could do the same thing about Donovan Mitchell, and those guys are gonna get him too. Like, right? These are great offensive Absolutely. players. They're gonna get him, but. Yeah, I, I can't wait for that moment where he gets a nice stop on a premier player. And it could happen tonight mm-hmm. where these fans are going to go crazy. Think about what who these fans have loved over the years. Quincy Acey, Jack Cooley, Reggie Evans, John Brockman, like kind of the Pollard. Guys, yeah, the guys that just come in and scrap. Well, yeah. Davion brings that kind of same mentality, but obviously more skilled than mm-hmm. any of those guys we just mentioned. So I, I can't wait to see and have that moment, and hopefully it comes tonight for Sacramento. The other thing I've been amazed by, and again, you know, this thing moves fast. Life moves fast, right? Like on draft night, no one questioned <laughs> Davion's talent, but it was all fit. Like, Sacramento. Oh, wait. my God. I was. I, I don't think I've ever been more stunned in my life yeah. when it like, happened. Wait, they have Halliburton and Fox. They like that. Yeah. And now you can go, I see it. I see why they why they did it. Yeah. Um, I, I think my I remember back because I was I, – I'm not trying to act like I'm some draft guru because I'm not. I don't. There's a lot of people who pay a lot of attention to it. But I was kind of locked in that they're going to go with like someone like Moses Moody. Like mm-hmm. That's the guy they're going to get. You think about a position of need. Yep. They're going to go that route. And he seems like he could be a good player. He could shoot it. He plays defense. High IQ. Great character guy. Perfect. I did not have a point guard <laughs> even remotely on, on my list. Yeah. And so I was shocked by it. But, yeah, you do see the fit. And, you know, long term, what's it going to look like? Screw that. Don't have that mentality. You got to get players. And yep. if for Sacramento, you're trying to win, you got to find stars. And if Davion ends up turning into a star and you also have Fox, who, then maybe you have to make a decision at some point. Not We're now. not there yet. Yeah. So let, let's see it all come together and let's see it work. And um, I, I'm intrigued to see it develop. And Davion brings a skill set that Sacramento hasn't had in a long time. You think about like really great defensive players. And I know like we're talking about a rookie. He still has a ways to go. 
But when Fox is calling him a top five on ball defender, that's incredible. And Luke Walton's comparing him to Ron Artest. Mm-hmm. Like, we're talking about a rookie, yeah, who has those instincts. And I know he's an older rookie, but yeah, he brings it. And for a team that's been so bad defensively for like a decade plus, it's it's really cool to see a player like that come in and have an impact. Well, there's only in the history, Deuce, 37 years here. Only two players have made an all-defensive team. You mentioned one, Artest, and, of course, the other is our guy, Doug Christie, who made four of them. That's it. I mean, and there's been some good teams, not a lot of great defensive teams, but to only have two. I think Mitchell has that ability, but what's been great is we know Fox does, and I think Halliburton's instincts, I think we're seeing better effort defensively a lot because of him. Oh, I I 100% agree. And, you know, I was looking at this. Do you think there's any chance, like if Mitchell played, let's just say he's his role on this team is he plays like 25 minutes a night this year. Kings are good, and his defense is like legit. Do you think he could make an all-defensive team? Remember, there's only, I think there's two. Yeah. Um, I guess the equivalent, we'd have to look at recent memory, like Thibel, right? He was a bench player. They won, but they won a lot of games. They were, what, a two-seed or a three-seed last year, and that's Philly. It's a, but... It didn't take long. I remember when he came here, he bothered De'Aaron. I'm like, this guy is changing yeah. the game with his defense. So Mitchell's going to have to do stuff like that through a season, but it's possible. If will make it his rookie year? I don't know if he made it his rookie yeah. year. He made it last year because they I, had three of them. I think the only other rookie in recent memory that's made it was Tim Duncan, and he was on the second team all okay. rookie. Okay, that's rookie interesting. Yeah, you know I mean, a second team uh, all defensive. So team. then maybe maybe no then. But in the future, it's yeah. possible. Yeah. It's possible. Um, so Kings and Jazz tonight. Um any other carryovers from, from the Portland game that you think are important here tonight? I guess, well, the one is, have we heard anything on Harkless, by the way? He's questionable. Yeah, still questionable. Yeah, with the hip soreness after that nasty fall. It's funny, I, that, that fall happened. And he kept playing. But it, the way he landed on his like arm, extended, yeah, was, I thought it was going to be like a shoulder. Yeah. But, yeah, that was a tough fall, and I feel like they need him tonight. I'm curious to see if he doesn't go, what 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 do the Kings do with the starting lineup? You know, do they put Heald in there? Mm. Um, and it just changes the rotation overall. Yeah. They played nine. We'd said Bagley and Len were on the fringe of it. You know, if one guy's out, the fringe, you know, the fringe yeah, moves up a piece. Does Bagley get some right. minutes? Could be. And that's the reality with his situation is he's just got to stay ready. Yep. You know, he he's not in the rotation right now, but these things change. And I don't think it's a situation where they're like, hey, we're not playing you ever again. Right. I think it's a situation where you're not in the rotation right, right now. now. Yeah. And. Yeah, nope. and I, I thought I took that look. I didn't like the way uh, his camp handled it. Right. Um, but to me, Deuce, I went, okay, look, what has this team identified? Bagley's now at the edge of the rotation. And Buddy, these two guys started. Buddy's off the bench. That tells me the team is better. If the two guys that were big pieces or Bagley went healthy, they utilized a lot. Now he's deeper in the rotation and Buddy's off the bench. They've identified these things early. And I think that's all part of this continuity that's been helpful for them to get off to this start. Yeah. In the preseason and, and, and now. And I think. You know, with Bagley, he's if he gets time, he's got to make an improvement defensively. Yep, that's and, where it's and missing. That's, because I don't think anyone questions that the guy can has some scoring ability. You can also question: Does that scoring ability, you know, is is it always, you know, do those numbers always lead to winning and all that stuff, whatever? But we know he could score. He runs the floor really well too. So if the king, you know, if he's in a unit where the Kings are getting some stops, and he's doing well defensively, then, yeah, you know, he gets some easy buckets. That could be a good thing for Sacramento. He's a great athlete. But, you know, I, I think I was really disappointed when I saw him in the preseason. I felt like yeah. we were seeing the same defensive miscues, and that's just 
he's got to work on that end. And, and it's not that I don't think he's working on it. It's just in the moments in the game, being able to read and react and knowing the pl- every player on the floor and their tendencies. There's just so many layers to being a good defensive player. Yeah, and it hasn't translated enough to what you're getting offensively. And that's why you see like Tristan Thompson, they feel there's more value there because they're getting so much more offense now, Deuce, with all those guards, with the ability to play that smaller yep. lineup. So that's something to watch for uh, tonight. What's going on tonight? Night chat. Man, oh, it's blowing up the other night with... Uh, Morgan on site, Matt Barnes. Matt Barnes making a guest appearance on Night Chat last night. How many time swear was. words were delivered? Because there were a lot that I Oh, heard. yeah. There were. He was. It's not PG. No, and, you know, I, I might have let loose once, and then I feel. Oh, like I was just talking about you, not Matt. It, it, it opened up. Uh, there was a cascade that just came it just pouring down from he Matt tried Barnes. Not to swear. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, it, it was fun. You know, it's it, night chat's always fun because it's just a place where all these Kings fans come and the chat room gets going and we just talk about the game and, yeah. you know, it's fun. You never know what's going to happen. You don't know. I yeah. mean, we've had so many weird things happen from a guy. I remember it must, must have been during the nine-game losing skit. A guy was on our Discord and showing – he's on video and he's showing us his, like – Bee collection, like, <laughs> like what? What is happening right now? Yeah, and people sing songs and hang out, so it's fun. One and what was great too is uh, the feedback from Morgan crushed it first, uh, and tonight yeah. here at home, and she's gonna have Kenny tonight, right? Kenny and uh, Kenny Thomas and Mar- Matt Barnes in the house tonight on NBC Sports California with Morgan Reagan. What's kind of funny about this is they were involved in that trade to- together. For C-Web, right? The C-Web trade. Oh, that's right. Matt Barnes, Chris Weber traded to Philly. Kenny Thomas, Skinner, uh, and uh, Corliss came back. Corliss. There was someone else. Michael Bradley. Bradley, yeah. yes. Wow. Yeah, so now here we are. They're going to be working together tonight. That's cool. That's yeah. cool. Well, it's fun. Home openers are fun. Um, I know we're going to have a good show on the radio side. This is going to be a fun night. Can't wait. Yeah. Thank you, Deuce. Yeah, thank you, Jay. All right. We've got more to get to here on the show, including... The voice of the Kings, the G-Man, Gary Gerald, will join us to start our final half hour of the show. We'll still have the crossover to wrap things up, and, of course, we get you to game night at the bottom of the hour. It's Kings and the Jazz. we got much more straight ahead right here on Sports 1140 KHDK.